Please be seated. So we began uh, last week with uh, our series on holiness and entire sanctification. This morning, I want to get in uh, a little bit deeper with entire sanctification. What is it and how do I get it? Sounds simple enough. To be holy and entirely sanctified. I want to begin with uh, a passage out of Romans. It's actually in your bulletin this morning. It's the epistle, Romans 5, 1 through 8. Listen to what Paul writes. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous person, though perhaps for the good person, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So simply enough, sanctification is the first step after justification. I know these are Methodist terms that I'm using, but simply said, our sanctified journey begins the first breath we take after we say yes to Jesus, after salvation has occurred. After we say yes to Jesus, we are immediately transformed into a child of the Most High God. And we begin to set out on our sanctifying journey. We work out, that is, we persevere and prove our salvation daily on this sanctifying journey, this sanctifying road. We become more and more like Christ, following in Jesus' footsteps, following Him into perfect love. For God and for each other, perfect righteousness, perfect holiness. Paul tells us also in Romans that it's, it's not an easy journey, this sanctifying journey that we're on. He says we know that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance gives us the opportunity to prove that we have character, that we have within us this ability to persevere. And that character gives us hope. And hope in the right thing doesn't disappoint. Hope in Jesus never disappoints. The love of God has been poured out 
into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who God gave to each of us who believe. And so it's working through tribulation that leads us to sanctification and ultimately entire sanctification, either gradually over time or suddenly all at once at the goodwill and pleasure of God. And so I want each of us to begin, as I mentioned last week, I want you to begin to see the possibility of sanctification in your life now. I want you to begin to understand that the purpose God has for each and every Christian person is to lead a sanctified life and to become holy even as he is holy. John Wesley in his sermon entitled The Scripture Way of Salvation, he defines sanctification or holiness. He uses those two words interchangeably. He defines it for us. Listen to what he says. At the same time that we are justified, that is saved, Yea, in that very moment, sanctification begins. In that instant we are born again, born from above, born of the Spirit, there is a real as well as a relative change. We are inwardly renewed by the power of God. We feel the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us producing love to all mankind and more especially to the children of God, expelling the love of the world, the love of pleasure, of ease, of honor, which in uh, his day would have meant fame or attention or flattery or accolades, the love of those things, the love of money together with pride and anger and self-will and every other evil temper. In a word, changing the earthly, sensual, devilish mind into the mind which was in Christ Jesus. So you see, there's a transformation. We no longer look at the world through the worldview. We no longer look at each other through the worldview, but rather we look through the eyes of Christ. It's a whole different perspective. And so holiness is the result of God changing us from the inside out. We ask God for a clean heart and a right spirit, and God gives us a clean heart and a right spirit. We pray for renewal in our spirit, and God gives us renewal. We pray for God's will to be done in our lives, and God's will is done in our lives. We cease being about the flesh and we gravitate toward the things of God. And all of this transformation that takes place is by faith. Our only responsibility in all of this is to ask. To ask. You might be thinking, ask what? Ask for a clean heart. Ask for a right spirit. Ask for renewal. Ask for God's will to be done instead of our own. We have to ask. 
God knows we need it. Question is, do we realize we need it? And in the asking, we show God that we desire this transformation in our lives. We show God that we want to be sanctified. Do you want to be healed from your sin condition? Jesus asked that question of those that he healed frequently. Do you want to be healed? It seems like an obvious question, but a lot of us are really comfortable in our sin. And so Jesus asks us, do you want sanctification? Do you want holiness in your life? There's a man by the name of Kevin Watson that wrote a book called Perfect Love. I read it uh, in the evenings while I was down in Brownsville with uh, my daughter and her husband and, and my grandkids uh, just a few weeks ago. It was one of those books, I know I'm kind of a theology nerd, but I couldn't put it down once I started. To me, it's like an action thriller. It was about entire sanctification, and I don't know about you, but I have developed a hunger for entire sanctification in this life. And so anything that points me in that direction, I just gobble it up. And so I was reading Kevin Watson's book, and in it he gives us Wesley's description of this faith that leads to entire sanctification. And he describes it as love excluding sin. Love banishing sin. A person who has received entire sanctification, Wesley says, no longer sins because they have been captivated by the love of God. Think about that. Captivated by the love of God. What does it mean to be captivated by something or someone? Captivated. Do you remember back when you first fell in love with your sweetheart? And every thought was about her or him? Captivated. Every thought about the love of God. Wesley then says, don't take my word for it. Look to the authority of Scripture. And he points us to 1 John 3, 9 that says, No one who has been born of God practices sin because his seed remains in him and he cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. And then Paul in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. See, this process about entire sanctification, Wesley Broke it down as he, he's a Methodist, remember. So his method was four ordered steps leading to entire sanctification. Do you want to know them? Tell me you want to know them. Come on. First one. Understand that God has promised 
entire sanctification in Scripture. So we have the promise and authority of Scripture that God wants to give you entire sanctification. That's step one. Step two, understand that what God promises, God is able to do. It seems logical, but we have to think about that for a minute. God's not going to offer it if he can't deliver it. God won't offer it if he can't deliver it. If God offers it, he can do it. Step three, God is both able and willing to do it now. Entire sanctification isn't just for that appointment that we all have someday with Jesus. Let me say that again. Entire sanctification is not reserved for that appointment that we all have someday facing Jesus. Entire sanctification is intended. God wants you to have it. It's intended for us now. And the fourth step, understand that God actually does this. God actually bestows on people who ask for it persistently entire sanctification now. Those are the four steps. In short, God delivers us in entire sanctification from inward as well as outward sin. What does that mean? See, Wesley taught that entire sanctification brings with it a purification of heart by faith, which means that the receiver of entire sanctification is free from sins. Sins like unrighteous anger. Now, someone who's entirely sanctified, the entire sanctified person might be angry at sin as he or she sees them committed. They might be angry at offenses against God, like Jesus driving the money changers from the temple, that kind of anger. But at the same time, hear this, at the same time, they are compassionate and feel only love for the offender. Talk about loving your enemy. So the one thing that we don't really grasp hold of when Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple because they were offending God's house of prayer. He also loved them completely. That's hard to do. Disciplining someone for their offenses against God and loving them by that discipline. Does that make sense? When you love someone, you don't leave them in their sin. That's the most unloving thing you could do. Can we see the difference between anger at sin and anger or hatred towards those who sin against us? The entirely sanctified person offers grace Freely, just as Jesus offers us grace. The entirely sanctified person is not defined just by the absence of sin in their heart, 
but rather is the person whose whole heart is totally filled with the love of God, with the love for God and with the godly love toward people. I was thinking about how this sanctified journey changes us. It's all made possible by the transformation in our hearts when we say yes to Jesus, right? But it changes us. Even if you're not entirely sanctified right this moment, you are on a sanctifying journey. So you are changing day by day, every day, becoming more like Christ. You can't help it. When I was ordained, I swore an oath to move on toward perfection. I know, right? (laughs) Sure, Pastor. All of us, as we are ordained as clergy, we swear this oath to move on toward perfection. And we proclaim it in front of witnesses. Uh, For me, it was in front of an auditorium at at Christ Church in College Station, full of people surrounded by my my fellow ordinands and... The oath was that I would persevere, that I would endure doggedly, if necessary, toward the prize that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I I vowed to reach, to stretch, to strain for the hope of purity in Christ and to lead others in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so as I think about that vow, and I do frequently because I have to remind myself what I'm supposed to be doing What I truly vowed was that I would strive for perfection in love and life and holiness and that I would live into an entirely sanctified life. And so I work at it. I I work at understanding it each and every day through reading, through study, through Bible study. And And I pray for God to grant me that sanctified life that I know that he wants to give me. I ask and I ask and I ask again because I want him to hear my desire and I want him to bestow that gift upon my life. And I want you to want that same thing for yourself. My heart's desire, if you were to ask me, Pastor, what's your heart's desire? Glad you asked, I will tell you. My heart's desire is that each and every one of you have this burning desire within you so much so that there's not a morning that you wake up that you don't ask God for holiness and sanctification. There's not a time when you're about to lay your head on the pillow that you don't pause and ask God for holiness and entire sanctification. And if you're like me, it takes a while to learn what that means. But don't not ask because you're not quite sure exactly what it is you're asking for. Does that make sense? When when John Wesley was was wanting assurance that he was saved. 
he sought out other pastors and he said, how do I know that I know that I'm saved? And they said, ask and ask again and preach faith and keep preaching faith until you have it. In other words, sometimes we don't quite know what it is we're asking for, but we nevertheless, we go to God and say, God, I'm not sure what holiness looks like in my life, but I want it. God, I'm not sure what sanctification looks like in my life, but I need it. You see, we wait on God. And the waiting is not static. The waiting is not passive. The waiting is not in the easy chair with a remote. Channel surfing. It's tempting, but that's not what waiting for on God means. See, waiting involves growth. As a result of my increase in understanding the heart of God, I can tell you my testimony is that I have grown in my faith. I have changed as a person. I have been transformed from the day of my salvation and I am being sanctified day by day. And every day I see where I am now today. I see that I'm not the man that I used to be. That's a whole nother sermon. Bobby's heard it. That's a whole sermon in and of itself. But what I really want to say. Well, I'll let Paul say it. Because he says it better than I do. More than that, Paul says, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. And that I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's what we all should be doing. We should be pressing on towards that goal. Pressing on toward that upward call of God, which is, by the way, entire sanctification and holiness. You see, you too can be changed. You too can be transformed. You too can be entirely sanctified. All that you need is for your eyes to raise above the muck and the mire of the world, 
Raise your expectation. Raise your eyes to the level of the abilities and desire of God for your life. Just as he explained to us in Scripture. Press on toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, God desires that you be made holy. Believe God like Abraham and it will be counted to you as righteousness. Believe God is able and that His promises are true. Believe God is willing. Believe God will do it and He will do it. Entire sanctification, holiness of life is within your reach as a child of God. Entire sanctification. The absence of the desire to sin, the absence of the impact of sin on your life. So that's inward sin and that sin that comes and assails us from without. In the absence of that sin through entire sanctification, the heart does not stay void. But rather through entire sanctification, the void that was full of sin that is now gone is filled with the presence of the pure and perfect love of God. God who is by His very nature love. Scripture tells us God is love. That life is yours for the asking. The question is, are you asking? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's go ahead and stand as we sing our final hymn this morning.